Inshallah, we want to uh, just take a brief look or to continue discussing what we've mentioned for the last two khutbah in relation to the what is called virus corona in Arabic or the coronavirus in specific. And this in general, viruses themselves or any kind of plague or epidemic or pandemic or any type of calamity that comes down from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how we must deal with it and must look at it. As we mentioned in general, before we get into the actual word, wording of Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, Sheikh Abdul Razak al-Badr, who is the son of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin. Sheikh Abdul Muhsin is a scholar in Medina, one of the major scholars, and he specializes in hadith. He specializes in hadith. And he teaches the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, there in Medina. So his son, Sheikh Abdul Razak, is also a scholar in his own right, also. He's authored many books and taught many classes. He's well known amongst the mashayikh, amongst the scholars. So he has some, some benefits as it relates to the virus. And a few of the scholars, of course, they have mentioned several things and certain steps also for the people to take in the masajid, and, and so on and so forth. So as we mentioned, we know that, in general, that any time a calamity befalls because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we know it's the qadr, the qadr of Allah, the divine decree of Allah, and the qadda, that Allah has written. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written everything that will take place in creation 50,000 years before the creation, as he ordered the pen to write, as the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned. So that means that nothing can pass us by except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written for us, no matter what it is. And as we mentioned, you have the Mashiach Qawniya, the universal will, and the Mashiach Shari'iyah, the legislative will, meaning that everything that happens in the universe, whether Allah is pleased with it or not, He allows it to happen out of His divine wisdom. As it relates to the Mashiach Shari'iyah, the legislative will, Meaning that, for instance, those punishments that happen for a fornicator, for a liar, for a thief, so on and so forth. Allah is pleased with all of it. He's not displeased with any of it. But it does not necessarily have to take place. Meaning that a person can, can commit a sin and legislatively they may not be punished for it. Because there may not be enough evidence to, to uh, persecute that person. But they would still get the sin with Allah. But the punishment may, ne may not necessarily be carried out. But as far as the universal will, whether Allah is pleased with it or not, it's always going to be carried out. Always. And a lot of times when you have such incidents like a plague or an epidemic or a pandemic, it includes and it includes and involves everyone. Everyone is, is within that. So whether it be believers or disbelievers, they're going to be involved in that particular event. But the outcome will be different. So the outcome for a disbeliever will be different than the outcome for a believer. So Sheikh Abdul Razak, may Allah preserve him, 
he mentions several things. He said, one, the first thing is that it is wajib, it is obligatory upon every Muslim. He said, أَنْ يُكُونُ فِي أَحْوَالَهُ كُلَّهَا مُعْتَسِمًا بِرَبِّهِ جَلَ وَعَلَى مُتَوَكِّلٍ عَلَى مُعْتَقِدٍ أَنَا الْأُمُورِ كُلَّهَا بِيَدِّهِ He said it's obligatory upon every Muslim, meaning during any kind of plague or epidemic, anything that takes place. He says it's obligatory upon every Muslim that in all their affairs, every state of their affairs, he said all of them, that they be those who understand that their protection is birabbi, with his Lord, jala wa'ala. And he said mutawakkilin. They also be people who trust and rely upon Allah. And they believe mu'taqidin and umur kullahabiyyadihi. That they believe all their affairs are in the hands of Allah. Then he says, Allah says in the Quran, مَا أَصَابَ مِنْ مُصِيبَةٍ إِلَّا بِإِثْنِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يُؤْمِنْ بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِي قَلْبُهُ He said, Allah says that there's not a calamity from the calamities that befall except with the permission of Allah. And those who believe in Allah, He guides their heart. So He said the first thing a Muslim must understand is that every affair, all of them, are in the hands of Allah. So therefore they must put their trust in Allah they must believe that all these affairs are with Allah, and they must know that Allah is their protector. First thing. So he says, He says, so therefore the affairs, all the affairs, are in the hands of Allah. And this, this goes within the rububiyyah of Allah, the tawheed of rububiyyah. Because Allah, He's a mudabbir. He's the arranger of all the affairs. So whether the affairs are good or bad, Allah arranges those affairs. He allows them to happen. It's solely in Allah's hands. It is not like the, the Magians believe or the fire worshippers. There's a God of, of, of good and a God of evil. No, all the affairs with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, فَمَا شَاءَ اللَّهِ كَانَ وَمَا لَمْ يَشَاءَ لَمْ يُكُونَ So he says, so therefore, whatever Allah wills, it will happen. If He does not will it, it would not happen. And that's asim illa Allah. And there is no protection except with Allah. There's no protection except with Allah. <clears throat> so then he says, Qul man min Allah in su'an rahma. So in Surah Ahzab, the thirty-third surah, the seventeenth ayah. Allah mentions that, so who is there that can protect you from Allah? If Allah intends for you something bad, or Allah intends for you His Rahmah. So here Allah is showing you again that no matter what happens, who is it that can protect you? Meaning only Allah. Only Allah can protect you. So everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he says the hadith, of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he says وَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةِ لَوَ اجْتَمِعَ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَفَعُكَ إِلَىٰ بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتِبَ اللَّهُ لَكَ وَلَا اجْتَمِعَ اجْتَمِعُ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يُدُرُّكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يُدُرُّكَ إِلَىٰ بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتِبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ So he says 
So in the hadith that is well known, the hadith when the Prophet ﷺ told Ibn Abbas, Ihfadullah yufadak. Be my, he quoted the, the, the later part of the hadith, the latter part of the hadith. Where the hadith, that's not, you can find it in the 40 hadith Imam Nawi, where, where the Messenger of Allah told Ibn Abbas as a young boy. He says, Ihfadullah yufadak. Be mindful of Allah and Allah will preserve you. So the Shaykh goes on to quote the later part of the hadith. We says, and know that if the Ummah, meaning the whole world, were to gather upon you to benefit you with something, they cannot benefit you except that Allah has written it for you. And if the whole world were to gather to harm you in something, they cannot harm you except that Allah has written upon you. So he says, the pens have been lifted and the pages are dry. So he's showing here, Sheikh Abdul Razak, He's showing that Allah has decreed it already. As we mentioned, 50,000 years before it happens. So therefore, no one can erase it. No one can prevent it. If it's meant to be good, then no one can make it otherwise. If it's meant to be bad, no one can make it otherwise. Then he says also in the hadith, كَتَبَ اللَّهُ مَقَادِرَ الْخَلَائِقِ قَبَلَ أَنْ يَخْلُقَ السَّمَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ بِخَمْسِينَ أَلْفِ سَنَةٍ so he mentioned the hadith that I mentioned that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said Allah has written for the creation He said all that before He created the heavens and the earth what will happen 50,000 years before So it's been decreed So this, this virus or any other virus or any kind of plague whether it be bubonic plague that happened in, amongst the, 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 the Europeans where they was uh, uh, affected by diseases due to some narrations said to rat droppings, others say to the diseases that were found in what they call salam rahmatullah that was found inside of the fleas. Yes. So is any other prayer room or just that stomach? Is it sisters? Huh? You got a sister? No 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 no. We have we have people who are gonna pray. No. Is there any other room to pray? Pray? This no, just the women's story. Oh, okay. So, Sheikh Abdul Razak, So the Sheikh, Hafidhullah, he says that, so it's been written 50,000 years before. So that means that, as we mentioned, any, anything from a plague or from an, an epidemic or pandemic has been decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, so here also, the Shaykh he mentions another narration of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We said the first thing that Allah has created was the pen, and then He said to it, write. And they said, Rabbi, ma Rabba, aktub? What should I write? Qala aktub, Right, everything that would take place until the hour, meaning until Yawm Qiyamah. So the Shaykh, Shaykh Abdul Razak, Hafidhullah, he's showing that also here in his narration that everything's been decreed. So nothing can be decreed except by Allah's permission. So he says, فَالْوَاجِبْ عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمٍ أَمْرَهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ رَجِيًّا تَامِعًا مُتَعَمِّدًا مُتَوَكِّلًا so he 
Tabaraka wa ta'ala. Then he goes on to say that, so it's incumbent upon every Muslim that they relegate their affairs to Allah, hoping and craving and dependent upon Him with complete reliance, and that hoping for any healing, any well-being, any safety, except illa min rabbihi, except from His Rabb, Tabaraka wa Taala. And he goes back. He says, he says, وَمَن يُعْتَصِمَ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حُدِيَ إِلَى سُرَاتٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ. So in Surah Al Imran, and it's mistakenly put as Surah Araf, the seventh surah, but it's actually Surah Al Imran, the third surah, the husband of first ayah. So here he mentions that, and who can protect? Can be mentioned in other ayah that only Allah can get the protection. He said, except Allah. Therefore, whoever Allah, he said, فَقَدْ حُدِيَ إِلَّا سِرَاتٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ In Allah, he guides to the Surat Al-Mustaqeem. So that's the first thing the Shaykh mentioned. So the first thing the Shaykh mentions is that we must understand that anything that happens, any affliction, any calamity, any disease, anything, it is from Allah. The first thing we must understand. And the only one that can protect us is Allah. No one else except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says the second thing is in al wajib ala kulli Muslim and Yahfatullah Jalla wa Allah bi hifti ta'atihi imtadalin li awamir ishtinabin li nawahi. And he says the qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi wasiyatihi li amin abbas. So he says, second thing that a Muslim must understand and know is that he must be mindful of Allah. It's obligatory to be mindful of Allah. And then be mindful upon the obedience of Allah, following his commands and avoiding his prohibitions. And he said, and this is the advice of the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to Ibn Abbas. Well, he said, as the hadith you quoted earlier, is found, you can find it in the 40 hadith of Nawi and other than that. We said, young man, ya ghulam. And a ghulam is, he's not at the age of puberty. Wake up, something to get you. And nor is, he's, nor is he in actuality from the shabab. Because the shabab is actually a youth at the age of puberty until the age of 40. Ghulam is a young man who has not reached the age of puberty, but he's close. He said, Ibn Abbas, he said, O young man, be mindful of Allah and Allah will preserve you. And be mindful of Allah and He will be in front of you. And that does not literally mean in front of you. As some people believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in, 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 inherent in His creation. We know this is not correct. You know, this is some shirk, billah. But it means that you will find Allah protecting you. So he said, this is the second thing that's incumbent upon the Muslims. That they be mindful and they know that it's obligatory upon them, that they are mindful of Allah. So these, these uh, calamities or these, these plagues or these epidemics or pandemics, any kind of thing that befalls a Muslim, that they must be mindful of Allah during these particular times. Because why? Because as we mentioned today earlier in the khutbah, that mouth. every soul would taste of death. We don't know when it's going to be. We don't know when land is going to be in and when it's going to be. It has nothing to do with health, status, Anything. It can happen at any time. So he says, so therefore, 
you must be mindful upon the commandments of Allah and following the commands of Allah. And he said, وَتَرْكَنْ and abandoning الْمَحْضُورِ and abandoning, this is another word for haram. Mahdur is another word for haram. And abandoning that which is haram. He said, so therefore, for the causes of the servant, al-abda, wa salamatihi, and the causes of his safety, when he hifdi Allah, jalla wa'ala, when he be when he's mindful of Allah, and we say, yani, also, when she's mindful of Allah, lahu fid dunyahu wal-akhirahu, in their dunya and in their akhirah, meaning that in their dunya they also taken from it for the akhirah. So they're mindful of Allah. So in their dunya they're mindful of not committing the, the prohibitions of Allah. They're, they're mindful of not committing the haram. So therefore they're being mindful also with that of their akhirah. <clears throat> so he says, so, so therefore, for in the usib, the musiba, our nazalat bihi dura'a. So he says, so therefore when a calamity hits or is sent down, some kind of difficulty or some kind of hardship, that it is not except that Allah, He lifts it. The lifting of it is with Allah. Is with Allah. And then he said, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi he said, amazing is the fear of the believer that all of his fears are good. And he said, this is not for anyone except for a believer. So also when the believer, when he is tested with some difficulty, this person is thankful and it's better for him. So even when there's a difficulty for a believer, the messenger said, they're thankful. So when these calamities come, we should be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because in reality, it gives us a time to repent. Because sometimes we're, we're neglectful. It's human, all of us. We're human. No doubt, for the most part, we're focused. We know we're trying to, we're trying to meet our Rabb. We know we're Muslims, alhamdulillah, more specifically with Salafi. So of course, in general, our foundation is always being conscious of Allah. But we're human. Sometimes we are less conscious than other times. So these kind of things, what it is for us, as he said, the Prophet sallallahu said, he said, when... In asabathu sura'u shakra fakana khiran laku lahu. So when this calamity of difficulty comes upon the believer, he's thankful. This is better for him. So these calamities make us make us thankful for Allah because why? It gives us opportunity that Allah was merciful to us in reality to let us see so we can repent to Allah that we that we're sinful. And keep in mind the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if we would if we were not to sin. Allah will replace us and bring people who would sin. So therefore we can we can we can we can we can understand the mercy of Allah. So this is a mercy for Allah that we can see that when these calamities come, it makes us turn back to Allah. It makes us repent to Allah. And it's better for us. We're thankful, as the messenger said. And he said, when he's afflicted, in sabra fakana khiran lahu. And therefore also when there's some difficulty. When there's some good, the first one, I'm sorry, he's thankful. And when there's some difficulty, he's, he's patient. He's patient with it. He's patient. So for us, we're patient upon the affair. So he says, so the believer, whether it is good, whether it's bad, whether it's difficult, whether it's ease, 
He says, Min khayrin ila khayrin. He said, then, it's careful, good to the good. Meaning for the believer, it's good, it's all good. And he said, and that is as, وَكَذَلِكْ كَمَا قَالَ نَبِيِّنَا عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ is as our excuse me, it is as our messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, وَلَيْسَ ذَاكْ لِأَحَدٍ إِلَّا لِلْمُؤْمِنِ he said, it is as our messenger said, meaning through all these affairs, he said, it is not only except for a believer. Meaning that whether it's good or bad, a believer is going to deal with it. It's, it's an amazing affair for the believer. He said, the third thing is that in the Shari'at al Islam, Ja'at bidhil al Asbab al Dua ila al Tadawi. He said that it is legislated in Islam. He said, in Islam, there comes, in the legislation, the causes, he said, of supplication for the healing. And he said that, and therefore, that the, 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 the healing, he said, is tisfa'a la yantanaf ma'antawakkal ala Allah. So he said that, so therefore that the, when these calamities strike, and we make supplication of course, it does not negate, you know, using medicine for healing. Because the Sharia, we know it comes with the supplication, but also, he said the supplication does not negate, excuse me, the tawakkul ala Allah does not negate the legislative healing also, meaning that we can take medicines for that healing. But ultimately, we know that the trust is in Allah. Ultimately, the tawakkul is Allah. So, no doubt, we take medication. It does not negate, or supplication does not negate that healing from the dunya. But we must know that we must put our trust in Allah. Like the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, said that with every disease, Allah sent down the cure. Every disease, Allah sent down the cure. So we notice a cure, like like the hadith mentions that. The black sea, it, it, it cures everything except old age and death. So we know that it's a cure in it. But ultimately, in reality, it's with Allah. So making supplications does not also negate taking medicine. So we're not, we're, we're balanced. We're not extremists. So okay, well, we have supplications, we don't need no medicine. So therefore, if your child is, is, has an ailment about to die, I'm going to make supplication to Allah. No medicine needed. No, it's not like that. Or your wife is about to die, or you're about to die. It's your choice, okay. But now if you know that you're going to die without that medicine, and of course we know the healing is the law, but we know that that medicine has been effective in curing that particular disease. Then we take it. We know the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa took medications. Right? We know there's a book, Tib, a Nabi, a Nabuwa, or the medicine of the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa written in Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he wrote the book, The Medicine of the Prophet, where he has all kinds of different uh, uh, herbs and different types of things we can use for healing. So we know this is permissible. So we balance. We don't go to the extreme on one side and take, okay, it's only the medicines going to heal us. On the other side, oh, it's only Allah going to heal us. No, we make supplication, but it does not negate, as the Sheikh is mentioning, the medication also. It does not negate that. And he said there's two types of healing. Tip al-wiqai and a tip al-ilaji. Meaning the preventative type of cure and the cure that is uh, uh, preventative. I'm sorry, the preventative and the cure that is uh, curative. So meaning that preventative is that what you take before it happens. So it won't happen. 
That's the tib al-waqai, meaning that you prevent it from happening. And then you have the tib al-ilaji, meaning the, the medicine that is curative, meaning once it happens, now you take the medication. So he says that tib al-waqai is alladhi yukunu qabla nuzul al-marab. He said it is that medicine or that medication that is taken before the sickness comes down. And he said, Tip al-ilaji alladhi yukunu ba'd al-nuzuluhu. It is that curative medicine which is taken after it has came. So you have two types. You have the type of medication is that you, it's preventative. It even stops it before it comes. And then you have the type that is curative that you take after it comes. And he mentions that you'll find it in the Tib al-Nubuwa, in the medicine of the Prophet wasallam. He said, Al-Alama Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. That's written by Shaykh al-Islam, or Shams al-Din Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. And then he says here that the message of Allah وسلم, as it relates to the Atib al-Waqai, the preventative medicine, and you have to believe in this because if you don't believe in it, it's not going to work. Like for instance, once a man had came to the Messenger of Allah and he said that his brother had took the cure that the Messenger had told him about his stomach ailment. The Messenger told him to take honey. He said he took the honey, it didn't work. And the Messenger of Allah said his stomach lied. I mean, he didn't believe in it. It wasn't the medicine that didn't work. It was his stomach that didn't because he, because he didn't believe that the medication the messenger gave him would work. So, here, this, this healing preventative medicine, the messenger, the messenger said it. He said, sihrun. So he said here that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said, whoever takes in the morning seven ajwa dates, right? The ajwa dates are those, most, those expensive dates, and they have them in Saudi, right? Those ajwa dates. And you have many dates, they have a, you have a lot of dates, a lot of different types of dates. But here the Messenger said, whoever takes seven ajwa dates, he said, he won't be harmed in that day from any kind of poison or any kind of magic. The messenger said it. We have to believe in it. If you don't believe in it, then it will not work. Just like, likewise, the man who, when the messenger told him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to take the honey, and the brother came back and said on the behalf of his brother, it did not work. The messenger said, no, his stomach lied. So he didn't believe in it. And we know honey has healing properties. You know, honey, Allah talks about honey in the Quran. So if Allah speaks about, like Allah talks about the olive, right, in the Quran. Right? So Allah talks about the, 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 the olive in the Quran. So olive, and also the olive oil, some of the scholars talk about using olive oil as it relates to also when you're doing the ruqya, for healing, when you're doing ruqya. So we know olive has healing properties. Also honey has healing properties in it. So here the message of Allah said, whoever takes seven ajwa dates, he will not be harmed in that day from any poison or any 
magic. And he said, وَجَاءَ عَنْهُ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمَ كَمَا فِي حَدِيثِ عُثْمَانِ بِنْ عَفَانِ رَدِّ لَهُ عَنْهُ And he says also, it comes in the, um, in the hadith of Uthman ibn Affan, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu said, "Ma min abdin yuqulu fi sabahi, sabahin kullin yawmin masain kuli laylatin." Bismillah al-ladhi la yudru la yudru ma'a ismihi shayun fi al-ardi wa la fi al-samai wa huwa sab huwa sami' al-alim. So he says here also that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, said on authority of Uthman ibn Affan, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, mentioned that that is not a servant who says in the morning or every morning, every evening, every afternoon, and every night in the name of Allah. He said, the one in which no harm will come with his name. Anything that is in the heavens or in the earth. And he is a Sameer al-Alim. He's all hearing, all knowing. If a person says this three times, then nothing will harm him. So the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, mentioned that this also is a cause of not being, being harmed. Cause of not being harmed. So that's the, that's the preventative medicine that prevents it from coming beforehand. And likewise, we talked about when we talked about the, the class of the jinn. We mentioned about uh, uh, lightly spitting in the hands during the three cools at night before you go to bed. This is preventative. The messenger would do this. He said if one does this, the shaitan will not be able to harm testament to the morning. So this is preventative medicine. It's preventative cure. So it's something that happens before it takes place. Then he said, of course, you have the tib al-ilaji, that curative medicine, therapeutic medicine, meaning that after it happens, after happening, of course, meaning to take those necessary medicines and other than that which is needed and or to, of course, whether it be medicine or making those supplications after it and so on and so forth for the healing. He said, as is mentioned in Azad al-Ma'ad. It's a book by Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, where he mentions the prophetic guidance. He mentions different things, like six volumes. He talks about different things that are upon the prophetic guidance. The fourth thing that the Shaykh mentions, he says, he said it's upon every Muslim. And this is very important here. Because especially when you have uh, these, uh, what they call the, uh, national emergencies. So therefore you're going you're to have the media, all you're going to see in the media every day and all day is the thing that's taking place, such as the pandemic. So therefore, he mentions about that, he says it's important, oh not important, that is wajib. It's obligatory upon every Muslim. أَنْ لَا يَنْسَاقْ مَعَ الْإِشَاعَةِ كَذِبَةِ لِأَنَّ بَعْدَ النَّاسِ مِثْلَ هَذَا مَقَامِ رَبِّمَا رَبَّمَا يُرَوِّجْهِ أُمُرٍ أَوْ يَذْكُرُ أَشْيَاءَ لَا سِيحَةَ لَهَا He said that also is obligatory upon every Muslim that they do not be led with lies during these times of, 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 of calamity, times of, of uh, epidemics and the likes of that. He said, because a portion of the people, some of the people, he said, they are those who promote their affairs 
And they mention things la sihata laha that are not correct. They mention things that are not correct. So, in other words, they get caught up in the journalistic sensationalism. So they start to report things in the media, or they start to report things that they see on social media that are not correct. That are not correct. Because you got to remember, too, especially in our day and time, you have fake news. And sometimes, even those so-called reliable news sources, they report fake news. So you have to remember something, that these news agencies are like any other television broadcast. They fight for airtime, and because you have what's called prime time. The prime time is that time in where the most viewers are, are watching. So those shows are going to be those long-running shows because they have more viewers. Like, for instance, late at night, like, you know, when people are asleep, 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning, you have infomercials, right? Those infomercials, mostly, those are things that get the gullible people because that's not a prime time. Because the people who are responsible in this society, for the most part, I'm not saying people who are not responsible don't sleep at night, but for the most part, they're sleeping, getting ready for the next day to work, to take care of their responsibilities. Those times at nights are the times where people who don't maybe have, may not have jobs, they have nothing to do, so they stay up late at night, they watch, so they catch them with those infomercials, right? They catch you. So those, those, that's not prime time. So, so prime time is the time when everybody's off of work now, it's a certain time, people are coming home, they're selling down, eating dinner with their family, so those shows are on. So the news is, the news is doing the prime time. So they also have to fight for your intellect, for your attention. They have to pay money too. And they know these, these shows, like these primetime shows that are on, I don't know what those shows are now, but in my time coming up, like Martin and all those kind of things were coming on, catching people's attention. So now the news have to do things also to catch your attention. So therefore, sometimes they're going to lie. They're going to twist the facts in order to get your attention. They're going to make it, you know, something that's, that's, that, that's, that's going to draw your attention, something that's going to be catchy. So you have to be careful. The Sheikh said that you're not carried away in these lies. He said, some people, they carry it away, and they promote it, he said. And, and, they, and they say things that are not correct. And he said, and the reality is that they promote بَيْنَ nas رَعْبٌ وَخَوْفٌ وَحَلَعٌ لَا أَسَاسٌ لَهُ He said, they promote horror, panic, and baseless things. They promote horror, panic, and things that are baseless. So, you got to be very careful. There's a study that was done, I seen years ago, by this organization, I believe it was called MOM. It's dealing with the mother or something, something like that, but they're dealing with the, the, the media. And they bring all these different facts and how that the media, in reality, is more harmful for children than sometimes a horror movie. Because all that it reports a lot is things that are something that, that causes you stress, worry, you know, panic, all these different things. And it's been proven. And then you got to look at sometimes who's behind some of these channels. Because sometimes some of the people behind these channels, you got to remember, everyone has a belief. Are you, are you promoting the hawk or are you promoting bottom? That's the bottom line. And you got to remember, once again, the news agencies are a source of revenue for people. So it's about the bottom line. And everybody know what the bottom line is when it comes to business. The bottom line is about those profits. You see? So, and then some of these people, like I say, once again, who are behind some of these agencies, they have money, so therefore they can try to control pub public interests. They try to control, you know, and sway the people this way or that way. So the Sheikh said you got to be very careful not to promote these things. 
You see, because in reality, sometimes they promote between the people being in Nas, horror, fear, panic, and baseless things. So he said, be careful, that's the fourth thing, not to fall into these affairs. And I remember once, some years ago, many years ago, probably about maybe, this is what, 2020? Around 2005 or six, we asked one of the Mashaykh about these things in the news, especially when there's things were happening in Iraq and so on and so forth. And the Sheikh said, look, he said, I'm not a reporter. You know, I, I don't know, meaning that those things. And he said, you have to be very careful in what they report. He said, because Allah said in the Quran, in Surah Al-Hajarat, when a fasiq comes to you with any news, that's what it's called, news, right? Nabi'ah, right? News, right? Like a Nabi comes from that word, because he brings you news. He's a prophet, because he brings you news from Allah. You see? He brings you something from Allah. He brings you a report from Allah. So Allah said in the Quran, when any, he said, when, when a fasiq brings you any news, ascertain the facts before you hurt someone unknowingly. He said, these people, these news reporters, these people are by nature fasiqun because they're disbelievers by nature. So you got to be careful in those things they report. Be very careful about that. And that's the reality. So we have to make sure we don't fall into that. The fifth thing the Sheikh mentions, he says, is that أَنَ الْمَسَائِبَ أَلَّتِي تُصِيبَ الْمُسْلِمِ سَوَاءٍ فِي سَحَتَهُ أَوْ فِي أَهْلَهُ وَوَلَدَهُ أَوْ فِي مَالَهُ وَتَجَارَتَهُ أَوْ نَحْوَ ذَلِكِ إِنْ تَلَقَّاهَا بِصَبْرٍ وَإِحْتِسَابٍ إِنَّهَا تُكُونُ لَهُ رِفْعَةٍ so he says, so that the Muslims know that the affliction, from the affliction, from the afflictions that afflict the Muslim, whether it be in his health, and we say, yani, also her health, or in wealth, or in children, I'm sorry, in his family, or children, or in his wealth, or in his business, or in other than that. That they must meet it with patience. They must meet it with patience. And know that the lifting of it is in the law, is with the law. So anything he said that happens from a calamity, whether it be in your health, because epidemic or a pandemic, and we mentioned different epidemic, epidemic and pandemic, and the scholars differ, like I say, in Islam in relation to you know what which is the level of a plague. Because we know the plagues, when you, you cannot go into a place that has a plague, and no can you come out of it. No can you come out of it. You cannot do so. So, but the scholars say this is not a plague. It's not a plague, right? And Sheikh Utaibi, he had recently said that it, 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 from one aspect, it, 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 it imitates a plague, and from another one, it doesn't. But it's not a plague. But nonetheless, so he said anything that afflicts you in your health, or in your family, on your children, on your wealth, on your business. He said, oh, other than that, he said, you must meet it with patience. You must meet it with patience. And know that is, the lifting of it is with Allah. And he said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that he does not afflict you with anything. Sorry. 
excuse me, my tongue get tired, be shay, min al khawf, wa ju'a, wa naqsin, min al amwal, wa anfus, wa thamarat, wa bashar al sabirin. Wal-alladhina idha asabbathum musibatan qalu inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Ulaika alayhim salawat min rabbihi, excuse me, min salawat min rabbihim, so he says here in Surah Al-Baqarah, the 155th to 157th ayah, that anything that, any affliction from, he said, that comes from fear, or from hunger, or from decrease of wealth, or self, or the marat, or fruits, he said, and glad tidings for the patient, those who are afflicted with an affliction, they say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. From Allah we come, into Allah we return. He said, And upon them there is salawat min rabbihim. From their Lord. And rahmah and mercy. Wa ulaika humul muhtadun. And these are the ones who are guided. And then the last thing the Sheikh mentions, the seventh thing that the Sheikh mentions. He said, and no, this is the most important thing. All of it's important. He said, and no. He said that an adama al-masaib al-masiba fi'd-deen, that the greatest of afflictions is the affliction that can happen in your deen. He said, fahiya adama masaib al-dunya wal-akhirah. He says the greatest affliction in the dunya and in the akhirah, meaning that the greatest affliction that a person can suffer. Is that they're afflicted with something in their deen, whether it be from bid'ah, whether it be from khurafat, superstition, whether it be from shirk, whether it be from misguidance, and likewise. He said, This is the greatest affliction that a person that can have. <clears throat> so then, inshallah, we're going, to, we're going to stop. Then he mentions that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, says that. As it relates to the, the afflictions, that he says that Ahmadullah Aliha. He said that the Messenger of Allah said he prays Allah upon the afflictions and several afflictions. He said, whether it be an affliction that is in the risk, he said, Ahmadu Ida Razakani wa Sabra Aliha. He said that whether it be from that an affliction that's in his Risk that Allah has given him, he said he's a he's patient, and he praises Allah upon it. <clears throat> so he said, whether it be from uh, that which is uh, anything from something from istarjai lima arju min thawabi, wa ahmadu ida lam yajalha fi din, and that's the end of the hadith. Close it. So he says that that he he praises Allah upon it, and he hopes for reward, and he hopes that it does not be an affliction that's in his deen. That's what the messenger said, sallallahu alaihi He hopes that it don't be an affliction that's in his deen. So showing that here, the greatest affliction that one can have is the uh, the, the uh, affliction or be inflicted with something in their deen. So with that, the Sheikh he closes out and he sends. Ask Allah, he said, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he preserves 
He says, Ajma'een meaning everyone. And that that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the afu wa afaya wa afiya fi dinana wa dunyana wa ahlina wa malina. Innahu sumi'a al-kharib mujib. So he made dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he gives us the healing and he gives us the protection. He said, in our deen, in our dunya, in our family, in our wealth. And he said, and Allah is the hearing, and Allah is the one who is close, and he's the one who responds to the supplications. So with that, that's pretty much what the Shaykh had mentioned in relation to this, as relates to the, uh, the coronavirus, in which is entitled, Fairus Corona, which means the coronavirus in Arabic, and this is by Sheikh, as I mentioned, Abdul Razak ibn Abdul Muhsin al-Badr. Hafidhahum Allah, may Allah preserve them both. So anything we said is correct from Allah, from Allah alone. Anything we said from mistake, whether it be the deficiencies of the tongue, or it be pure ignorance, is from myself, and from the shaitan, and Allah is free of all of it. So with that, any questions from anyone who is present, or from those who are online, then feel free to ask. And if not, then we conclude, inshallah ta'ala, tomorrow we hope to do Part 7 of the jinn tomorrow after Maghrib, if Allah wills. So with that we say, Subhanak Allah Muhammadik, Ilahi Ant, Astaghfirullah Gutabilik, Kulukuli Hada, Astaghfirullah Liwalakum, Wan Nasrat, the bats, Hafidakum Allah, Kulisha was Kanakum, we see Janatihi, Assalamu alaikum, Rahmatullahi, Rakat.